Education. Politicians know that word. They use it on you. Education. Politicians have traditionally hidden behind three things. The flag, the Bible, and children. No child left behind. No child left behind. Oh, really? Well, it wasn't long ago you were talking about giving kids a head start. Head start, left behind. Someone's losing fucking ground here. But there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason education sucks. It's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pocket. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. This is an important program for all of you watching and listening on the radio. If, if you are a truth seeker. Truth seeker. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table and figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. Remember, a lot of people, as Jack Nicholson once said, can't handle the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! But that does not concern that does not, us. That does not concern us. So, 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 pen. Paper. I'm going to give you a lot of amazing information tonight. Saturday, 10 killed, 3 wounded in a Buffalo shopping center. Um, uh, uh, horrible crime. And 11 of the victims are black, 2 white. Uh, a racist kid, 18 years old. Did it. And he's in custody. Uh, 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 he is a disturbed person. He's already been involved with, uh, with uh, psychic evaluations. He's a psychopath. But he is a racist according to his own writings. All right now. All right now. All right now. And the death of an unarmed black man. George Floyd!
incredibly difficult to, to prosecute a police officer successfully. Violence against law enforcement in this country is one of the biggest phenomena that I think doesn't get enough attention. I'm here because I'm sick and tired of seeing black men and women be killed and nothing be done about it. War on the uh, police in America. Underreported story. War on the Because the, the progressive the left police. press doesn't War like the on the So it's underreported. We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. Jonathan Farrell was unarmed when he died, just a month shy of his 25th birthday. Now that officer, Randall Carrick, is charged with voluntary manslaughter. A mistrial was declared in the case of a white police officer who shot and killed an unarmed black man. There were protests outside the court after the mistrial was announced Friday. Don't shoot! Don't shoot! Death of Eric Garner of a heart attack on Thursday. The father of six can be heard on the tape saying repeatedly, I can't breathe! I can't breathe! There needs to be prosecution. That's what this is all about. Many people simply cannot understand why the grand jury did not indict when they could actually see video of what went down between that New York police officer and Eric Garner. Michael Brown, an unarmed 18-year-old, was shot and killed during a struggle with a Ferguson police officer. Sir Darren Wilson will not be indicted. It's the feeling among many of these people that black lives don't matter. Not one reason that this grand jury find to indict him. I ask a question. Yes. How can we be promised that this injustice will happen again to another black kid? In, in another state, state right. tomorrow. How can we assure our kids that they're safe out on the street with your officers? That's my That's question. That's what I want to know. I have a black child. Chicago police officer Jason Van Dyke shot and killed 17-year-old Laquan McDonald. For the first time in 35 years, a Chicago police officer is charged with first-degree murder. That officer found guilty of second-degree murder. Very unusual, very important one. It just goes to show you how serious that I am about my life and all these other lives that are out here that are scared of the police. Last, Last year, year officers, officers being, being killed, killed in a rate, rate of almost, almost one, every one every five, five days. days. But why are more, more officers, officers being, being killed, killed right, right now? now. Some of, Some of it is tied, tied to, to the violent, violent crime, crime problem, problem uh, as, as a whole. whole. An officer shot and killed 12-year-old Tamir Rice on Sunday. Tamir Rice was playing with a pellet gun when officers arrived. One of them opened fire within two seconds. Grand jury decided not to indict the two officers who shot and killed 12-year-old Tamir Rice. Cleveland's prosecutor calls it a tragedy, but not a crime. Doesn't even warrant a trial. That in my mind is unacceptable. Think of the death of Freddie Gray. All lives matter, but you got to think about who dying out here. Prosecutors in Baltimore dropped all remaining charges against three police officers in the Freddie Gray case. Samuel DeBose was shot in the head Sunday after being pulled over for a missing license plate. Officer Raymond Tensing has now been charged with murder and voluntary manslaughter. The only reason why Tensing is being charged is because there was a body cam. Yes. Yes. Now those charges have been dismissed. We will never get a conviction in this case. the death of Alton Sterling. African-American man killed by police in Louisiana. The Louisiana Department of Justice cannot proceed with a prosecution. 
All we want is the same justice that they put against us whenever we go through certain trials and tribulations. Philando Castile, a supervisor at a school cafeteria where kids loved him. Police officer Geronimo Yanez shot Castile to death while he was in the car with his girlfriend and her four-year-old daughter. Jurors found Yanez was reasonable in his decision to shoot and kill Philando Castile during a traffic stop last July. Under the circumstances, just because he was a police officer, that makes it okay. I think the past two shootings with Alton and Philando have really sparked something. There's people being murdered unjustly and not being held accountable. Cops are getting paid leave for killing people. Former fans burning his number seven jersey. I hope you get cut. 40-year-old Terrence Crutcher was killed on Friday when local officers responded to a call of a stalled vehicle in the middle of the road. Twelve jurors found a TPD officer Betty Shelby not guilty of manslaughter in the shooting of Terrence Crutcher. The facts were there. All the elements of manslaughter was there. The death of 22-year-old Stephon Clark sparked nationwide protests. Clark was hit 20 times. He was in his grandparents' backyard at the time. This is what we have to do to not only this young man, but those who are going to come behind him. Police officers will not face charges saying they did not break any laws when they shot Stephon Clark in his grandparents' backyard. And the same cop who killed him is back on the streets patrolling other communities, running through other people's backyards. I, I, I'm uneasy with that. Anger overnight over the shooting death of 26-year-old Botham Jean in his own apartment. Former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger is waking up this morning behind bars. She was found guilty yesterday of murdering her neighbor in his own home. Tatiana is her name, and everyone is seeing that name on social media. There she is. She was up playing video games with her nephew when she was shot and killed by former Fort Worth police officer Aaron Dean. The Fort Worth police officer who shot at Tatiana Jefferson in her own home has been formally charged with murder. Uh, in last year is an alarming percentage of the 73 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty last year were killed through things like being ambushed uh, or shot while out on patrol. They were killed because they were police officers. Right. Wearing the badge shouldn't make you a target. Brianna Taylor. A woman was shot and killed in her apartment. George Floyd died in police custody after an officer pressed his knee into Floyd's neck. He said, I can't breathe. Eerily similar to what we heard in 2014 with Eric Garner. I filed an amended complaint that charges former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin with murder in the second degree. George Floyd, whose killing by U.S. police triggered anti-racism protests right around Weeks the world. Weeks of global protests and international support and impact uh, around the world. Protesters marched once again in cities worldwide, demanding police departments change their tactics. George Floyd! George Floyd! George Floyd! All right, here are the stats. Last year, 21, 59% increase in cops intentionally killed in the line of duty, 73 of them, up from 46 in 2020. A police officer is 400 times as likely to be killed by a black male as an unarmed black person is to be killed by a police officer. So the narrative that everybody has absorbed uncritically from the media 
which is that we're living through an epidemic of racially biased police shootings of blacks, we're living through an epidemic of racially biased police shootings of blacks, is completely false. The impression that people have that daily blacks are getting gunned down is a complete optical illusion. Optical, optical illusion created by highly selective, deliberately uh, manipulated press coverage. Okay, okay. 2021, only six black men were killed by police, six black unarmed men, okay, not in the commission of a crime. Six. Have you looked at all six of those cases? Only six? But let's say that if this is truly, these people were not unarmed, they were not attacking, but they were all resisting arrest. That's compared to self-identified 47 million blacks in this country. That is not a big reason why blacks die of homicide at 13 times the rate of whites between the ages of 10 and 34. The reason blacks die of homicide at such higher rates is not the cops. It's not whites. It's not white supremacy. It's that because they're being killed by black criminals and the nation turns its eyes away from that reality and, and is engaged in this racial hysteria blaming white people for every problem affecting blacks today, and that's not justified. Law enforcement officials say this alleged shooter posted a 180-page manifesto online just days before the attack, and it draws on and references replacement theory at least 28 times. Replacement theory? That is a racist conspiracy theory that basically in Western countries like the United States and some countries in Europe, some type of racial and religious group of external minorities from somewhere else in the world will, quote, replace the rightful white supremacist majority of those nations. We are talking about a growing push to get people thinking like this so they might act like this. Because this is being amplified and pushed by some very influential people in America and specifically on the right. Fundamentally, they believe that white police and white politicians and white people with power, particularly white men, are racist and don't like black people. That's the genesis of all of this, is it not? The reason that they are so insistent on this obsessive compulsive search for phantom white racism, phantom, phantom white, white racism, is that the elites are terrified about black inner city dysfunction. They do not want to look at it. We turn our eyes away. Every day, blacks are beating up on whites in just extraordinarily sadistic ways. Phantom white racism. And it never gets covered. It's a, an extraordinary thing. This is not the behavior of white supremacists, no. Uh, we, we sweep this black inner city barbarity under the rug. Black inner city barbarity. Phantom white racism. We sweep this black inner city barbarity under the rug because the whites are, the elite whites are terrified that the behavior gaps and the achievement gaps are never going to close. And so they are preemptively coming up with the only allowable explanation for the lack of racial proportionality at Google and the overrepresentation of blacks in prison. The only allowable explanation today, if you're on MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, is white racism. For example, Fox News host Tucker Carlson. He has made a reference or variation to this type of hateful conspiracy theory, this replacement thing. 
over 400 times since 2016. There are some nights where it seems just like the core point of his show. In political terms, this policy is called the Great Replacement, the replacement of legacy America. The strategy is to change the demographics of the country. You disempower the people who live here. You take their votes away. The Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate. We're in basically a twilight zone of misinformation and disinformation where the truth is not going to be told by the corporate American media because they don't want the people to know the truth that there is much more violence in the black community than in the white community. You can't handle the truth. We're getting rare insight from police officers about the challenges of fighting racism inside a department. A growing number of police departments in America's largest cities told us they've added implicit bias training. But hundreds of officers in multiple states have recently been exposed for racist social media posts attacking minorities and promoting racial stereotypes. Yes, I mean, the videos don't lie. We've seen the videos of the looting. Everything in the criminal justice system today is driven by one thing, and that is race. If you want to understand why progressive prosecutors like George Gascon in Los Angeles or Alvin Bragg in New York or Kim Fox in, in Chicago are not enforcing laws against looting, turnstile jumping, uh, trespass, resisting arrest, it's because if they do enforce those laws, they will have a disparate impact on blacks. Not because the laws are racist, not because the police are racist, not because judges are racist, but because blacks are committing crime at astronomically higher rates. And we've decided as a nation, well, somebody's decided at least, the elites have decided, we would rather not enforce the law at all than have a disparate impact on blacks. And the I, result of this, of course, is that another 2,000 blacks were murdered in 2020 compared to 2019. Right. I mean, the, the violence in the black communities is staggering and, and nobody's done anything about it for decades. The St. Louis Metro police officer that you're about to hear from says the culture among her department's top brass is allowing bad cops to slip through the cracks. When we asked if the department had training to address possible racial bias, the answer wasn't clear. Do you think that there are white supremacists on the police force? Yes. You didn't even pause. Have you seen some of the Facebook posts of some of our suspended officers right now? Yes. Blacks in America are more violent than whites in America. Is it poverty? Is it deprivation? What is it that drives the violence in the black community? Well, it's certainly not poverty. The, the safest period in this country's history was the Great Depression. We had virtually zero crime. Uh, it is the breakdown of the black family. These kids are not getting socialized. Their fathers are not around. The mothers have children by many different fathers. The fathers have children by many different mothers. It is chaos. The social skills are not getting passed on. Bourgeois values. Bourgeois values. What sort of upbringing leads to a, a young black teenager, 15-year-old, spraying bullets across a sidewalk with utter indifference to who he kills? There is a breakdown of basic civilizational norms that the root cause of this is the breakdown of the family 
And this is going to have to be a cultural revolution. In political terms, this policy is called the Great Replacement, the replacement of legacy America. The strategy is to change the demographics of the country. You disempower the people who live here. You take their votes away. The Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate. No amount of redistribution of, of taxpayer dollars is going to make a damn bit of difference. We've been redistributing money, having anti-poverty programs for six decades since the Great Society. It has not closed the crime gap. No, it's, it's worse now than it's gap. ever been. It's worse now than it's ever been. Is there any other country on this earth that has this kind of a problem disproportionately between Caucasians and blacks? Yes, the, the crime gap exists in every country. To this extent? Well, we have gun violence. Uh, the crime gap exists. What differentiates our uh, race, you know, inner city violence is we have guns. And that's the reason why we have a much higher incarceration rate. Our rate of gun violence is about 43 times higher than other Western European countries and Japan. Uh, and it is driven almost exclusively by people of color. In New York City, uh, blacks commit about 75% of all drive-by shootings, though they're 23% of the population. Add Hispanic shootings to black shootings, and you get about 100% of all shootings. That's true in every city today. I learned that the white race is dying out, that blacks are disproportionately killing whites. We are doomed by high rates of immigration, he says, again there, at the end of that quote. And he later writes, quote, my race was doomed, and it was there that I started to think about committing an attack, end quote. His words. How precisely is diversity our strength? Since you've made this our new national motto, please be specific as you explain it. Can you think, for example, of other institutions, such as, I don't know, marriage or military units, in which the less people have in common, the more cohesive they are? Do you get along better with your neighbors or your coworkers if you can't understand each other or share no common values? How precisely is diversity our strength? You will not replace us! You will not replace us! You will not replace us! This is an NBC News special report. Here's Jose Diaz-Balart. Good afternoon. We're coming on the air with breaking news out of Buffalo, New York, where at least seven people have been shot and killed in a mass shooting at a Topps grocery store. Another person is reportedly in critical condition. The aftermath of a mass shooting captured on camera, an apparently lifeless body lying on the ground in Buffalo, New York. This is the worst nightmare that any community can face. And we are hurting and we are seething right now as a community. Police say 13 people were shot, 10 of them killed Saturday afternoon at this Tops friendly market in Northeast Buffalo. Tonight, authorities say they've arrested the alleged gunman, identified as an 18 year old white male from Conklin, New York. The shooter was not from this community. In fact, the shooter traveled hours from outside this community to perpetrate this crime on the people of Buffalo. 
Three senior law enforcement sources tell NBC News authorities are now looking into if the suspect was motivated by white supremacist ideology and if he posted anything describing his intentions. He was very heavily armed. He had tactical gear. Sources say at least two rifles were recovered at the scene with the N-word apparently etched into one weapon. This was pure evil. It was straight up racially motivated hate crime. We know that a young man dressed in military fatigue and a helmet opened fire with a rifle. Again, 13 people were shot, 10 killed. Law enforcement sources tell ABC News they're looking into whether he had extremist views cultivated online. Their investigation, of course, still in the early hours. So many unanswered questions. Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching. Again, they believe racial hate the motive behind this afternoon's shooting of a supermarket where everyday people were just shopping this Saturday afternoon. Six, Six mass, mass shootings, shootings in just, in just one weekend. One weekend. And yet and again, yet again in, America, in America, at least, at least 14, 14 people, people are, dead. are dead. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hardworking people. White collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hardworking people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. At all. At all. Yeah. You know? And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on. The fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream. Because you have to be asleep to believe it. All right, happy Friday. We are live in Greensburg, Pennsylvania for a Friday night rally with President Donald J. Trump. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, I should say. Brian Glenn, Liz Willis, Christina Bob, Trump attorney being our guest correspondent today, but we're so glad that you're joining us. And it kind of seems weird. We were just talking before we came on air that it's Friday and there's, you know, there's a Trump rally on a Friday night, which is kind of cool. We're going to have Friday, Saturday, Sunday rallies and probably some week day rallies starting to happen so hopefully everyone's on board for that and uh weather is a little bit of the issue right here we've had substantial rain uh for the last 24 hours here and uh and uh and uh it probably will rain later today but now you are an attorney for trump that's right i'm now working for president trump at save america on election integrity issues and coming out here to help out at the rallies and America. 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 It does start right here in Pennsylvania. We can all agree uh, where we were at uh, on November 3 of 2020, which is one of the reasons why we're here today to talk about that. Let's talk about why we're here. Uh, in Pennsylvania, of course, uh, a big Senate race. Obviously, Dr. Oz is the Trump-endorsed candidate here in Pennsylvania, but there's a lot of voter issues and election questions that we had here in the state. Voter issues and election questions. Yeah, there really are, and there's a lot of people here in Pennsylvania who still have a lot of questions about what happened, and some of them actually have answers. There's several groups like Audit the Vote PA, 
that have gone out and they've canvassed and they've investigated their counties, their local areas, and they're starting to see that there's a lot of things that aren't quite adding up from the election in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of things that aren't quite adding up from the election of course, also airing, and you can download, I'd encourage everybody to download and watch it, purchase that, that film to see exactly the ballot harvesting scheme that they uncovered using geofencing and geotracking data. It's fascinating. 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 Uh, 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 let's talk about right after the election, when the elections came in, the results came in Pennsylvania, and we started to hear some of the stories of what happened here. Some, some of the, the stories, stories of what, what happened, happened here. What was your initial thoughts when you heard all of these questions being asked? It was unbelievable. I think anybody with any sense of objectivity would look at the results and think, there's no way, how could that have possibly happened? I was actually reporting from the White House on November 3rd on election night. And then into the very early morning hours of November 4th, I was there with Chanel Rion, the chief White House correspondent for One American News. One American News, One American News, One American News. And, and we were just sitting there looking at each other going, how on earth, how on earth are states flipping, you know? It is possible that the election results as they're coming in on election night will show Donald Trump winning and winning and winning all over the place. And then as the results come in from the mailed-in ballots, his margin is going to narrow, narrow, and perhaps be overtaken. And it was just shocking because President Trump had such a big lead in so many states. He was up by hundreds of thousands of votes. Here in Pennsylvania, he was up almost 800,000 votes with many, many of the counties already counted. Now, to put that in perspective, the entire county of Philadelphia only had 700,000 votes cast. Even, even after, like today, if you go look up how many votes were cast in Philadelphia, it's about 700,000, maybe a little bit more. And so that means President Trump was up by more than the entire county of Philadelphia. And yet the Democrats are like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Joe Biden can recover from this. There's no, there's no way that he can naturally and organically recover from that. It had to be, it, it had to be some type of operation. This is an election between Donald Trump and democracy. We had a crew here that was based in Philadelphia for a while, for about 10 days as we covered all the post-election stuff. And it was really interesting because I saw carnival-like atmospheres outside these polling places that clearly violated election laws that you can't put up a popcorn machine in a jumpy house, you know, so so many feet away from a, a polling place. But that was intended to get people pulled in to vote. And clearly, uh, the Democrats were on a, on a very simple scale, violating election laws right there. Absolutely, they have violated a number of election laws, including the secretaries of state who sent out mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots were not actually legal the way that they were executed in the 2020 election, and there certainly was not proper security measures in place to ensure that those mail-in ballots were secure and used properly. So there were a number of laws violated. The mail-in ballots, we also saw them excluding Republican poll workers. You know, most states have laws requiring both parties to be present when votes are counted. We know that several Republicans were excluded from that process. So there were hundreds of thousands of votes, particularly here in Pennsylvania, that were counted without any Republican oversight. They only had Democrats there present to see. We saw as Pam Bondi got a court order saying that President Trump's campaign was authorized into the building to be part of the counting process. And the local sheriff in Philadelphia just refused to enforce that court order. So we saw a lot of problems with violating the law, disregarding court orders, and just not having the typical respect for the rule of law that we as Americans really value. So there were there were a lot of a lot of things that contributed to Joe Biden's magic vote spike here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Magic vote spike is possible. 
that the election results as they're coming in on election night will show Donald Trump winning and winning and winning all over the place. And then as the results come in from the mailed in ballots, his margin is going to narrow, narrow, and perhaps be overtaken. On the plane here, I was watching Tucker Carlson last night. How he had true the vote found on there. Strength. And it was really interesting to hear Tucker Carlson seem so surprised that there was any questions with the election and never really fully endorsed or said the fact that um, uh, there were so many discrepancies in the 2020 election. So to hear someone from Fox News all of a sudden seem like that's the first time he's ever heard about this was very interesting how the mainstream media did not cover any of this stuff that we're talking about now. We were told just to shut up, sit down, those are the election results and move on. And, and from not only the left media, but conservative media as well, as well as Republicans, these rhinos that are in office right now. You're exactly right, and I would thank Tucker Carlson for using his large platform to have a terms, this policy is called the Great Replacement, the replacement of legacy America. The strategy is to change the demographics of the country. You disempower the people who live here. You take their votes away. The Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate. administration has been, and so now they're going, maybe there is something to this election fraud that took place. I'm not convinced that they didn't actually think there was a problem. They just didn't want to acknowledge the problem. They, they didn't want to look at it because they wanted their candidate to win. And so it's easier and it's more convenient to just be like, no, 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 the results are fine, the results are fine. Because how, with any level of journalistic integrity, how could someone say, oh, this was the most secure election in US history? How can you report that unless you've investigated to see if it was the and most- And that was his point last night as well, is he said, how can we clearly say that the 2020 election was fully transparent and safe when we haven't even looked into it yet, you know? Okay. You can't handle the truth. I don't believe in optimism. I don't believe in pessimism. Black folks saying I've been down so long, the down don't worry me no more, but I'll keep struggling anyway. That is not an optimistic statement nor a pessimistic statement. Neither sentimental nor cynical is an expression of hope, and hope is not the same thing as optimism. Never confuse or conflate hope with optimism. Hope cuts against the grain. Hope is participatory. It's an agent in the world. Optimism looks at the evidence and see whether it allows us to infer that we can do X or Y. Hope says, I don't give a damn, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. When white brothers and sisters undergo the metamorphosis by means of critical thinking, by means of compassion, they say, I'm going to fight against white supremacy. I'm not, asking from, I'm not asking permission from anybody. I might not even be popular in the black community. I'm not asking for their permission. I'm doing it because it's right and it's just and it's moral, and I want to be that kind of person. I want that kind of society. I'm against heterosexism for the same reason, anti-Arab sensibility for the same reason. Why? Because that's the kind of trace I want to leave. That's the kind of legacy I want to leave behind. That's the Socratic note and the blue note coming together. Mediated with the prophetic and the humanistic. And it says, of course, if you're a prisoner of hope, You'll be wrestling with despair. Goethe is right. He or she who has never despaired has never lived. You don't know what it is to be human if you never wrestle with despair. But never allow that despair to have the last word.
And it's that effort, that sense of engagement that has kept the best of American democracy alive. Can we do it in the year 2001? Open question. It might be that the civilization is in such deep decline and decay that like Rome, it will simply begin to slowly slide down the slope. All civilizations come and go, and there will come a day when American civilization dies like every civilization. But let's hope that it doesn't take place on our watch.